Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Human Source, a podcast for HR professionals and business owners interested in what's going on in the world of people and culture. I'm Sarah Lewis, and I'm joined today by Steph Coward, who recently took over as Managing Director of Iris's Human Capital Management Division. Welcome, Steph. Oh, that's fabulous. Thanks, Sarah. Hello, everyone, and a big thank you from me for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Really excited to share with you my experiences as a, as a new ND and hope that you guys can take some learnings and some tips and ideas back into your own businesses. Fantastic. Now, today I'm really delighted. I know that we're going to be lifting the lid, sharing some insights, sharing some of those problems that you've had to overcome that are really similar to so many owners and HR professionals in today's working world. Yeah, absolutely. So although my business sits within the large Iris Group business, fundamentally, really, I run a small business of about 500 people. So I absolutely want to share with you some of the some of the successes, some of the things that have gone well, but also some of the things that haven't gone quite so well. So hopefully you'll get some great insights and some great ideas to be able to take back into your own business. And, you know, that size of business in the UK especially is particularly important. You know, within the the last two years, you know, people have had time to reflect, time to change strategy. Um, And also also many have taken that huge leap and actually started their own business. So we're in some quite really quite exciting times at the moment. So, you know, when it comes to starting um, and running a business, obviously this comes with a great deal of responsibility, especially, you know, if you have people working for you. Absolutely. It's really tough out there at the moment. And we all know that um, companies of, say, between 50 and 500 people, they're the absolute backbone of the British economy. And we've seen those businesses grow. We, we hear a lot in the media about the very large businesses, you know, Microsoft, Workday, you know, just to name but a few. But to be fair, the main businesses that are out there, you know, struggling with these issues tend to be businesses like mine, like yours, that are the heart of the British economy. And I think competition right now is so fierce for talent, isn't it? With, you know, many job roles not really being filled for extended periods. And this actually, you know, the knock-on effect is the the pressure that it has. You know, you've got somebody who's had an amazing idea. They've got started to build, you know, that beautiful business. And, you know, all of a sudden there's pressure in some way that they may have not have experienced, you know, or foreseen. Um, so what are you seeing in your role and, you know, what are, what are you what are we doing about it? Yeah, so talent acquisition is absolutely my number one priority at the moment. I think like many businesses out there, when we came out of COVID, there was such a great change in the labour market. There's a lot of confidence for employees to, you know, make a change, to try something different. And there are a huge amount of vacancies out there. I saw some statistics just a couple of months ago to say that there were more vacancies now available than there were people unemployed. Um, the ONS have reported that there are over 1.3 million job opportunities out there. And so I think the market during COVID very much was an employer's market with lots of people taking furlough, uncertain about their future and perhaps thinking, well, I'm going to stay with this business until I know a bit more. As we've come out of COVID, the world's opened up and people are able to now really think about what, what they want and how, how they want to work. Who do they want to be? Lots of people have had you know up to two years to reflect 
on their work-life balance, on what they want to achieve out of their careers. And so for us as employers, we, we really got to change our thinking about how do we go about now attracting those people who have changed the way they work and, and want to continue to change and don't want to go back to the previous ways we did things. Mm, and it, indeed. And I know that we were talking about this recently that, you know, from the outset, that employee experience, you know, from the, from the very first moment they interact with you as a business, you know, what sort of experience are you giving them? And actually, how does that flow then from recruitment, you know, into that onboarding and then through into, you know, employee engagement and throughout the whole of that life cycle? Yeah, most definitely. I think that that's something we've probably learned the hard way. Um, which is, you know, when we came back and we had a lot of vacancies, we were probably a little bit overly traditional in the way we went about things. You know, we did the traditional job boards, you know, we did recruitment events. And I think we quickly realised that, you know, for, for employees, for potential employees, when we spoke to them, they really wanted to feel a connection with their employer. It wasn't so much about the pay and the benefits. It was about how that person would feel as part of your organisation. So I think what we decided was perhaps we, what we need to do is we need to ensure that our potential um, employees and potential new talent into the business really understood who and what we were about. What do we stand for? And is there a palpable culture that when they go through right from the start, from the, the seeing an op opportunity either on a website or through a recruiter, that they could feel and see and understand what that culture of our organisation was going to be like? And then once we get people into the recruitment process, then we need to make sure that we're consistent and that the culture that we're trying to show that we have, uh, our, our potential employees feel and experience that right the way through the journey. I think one thing we also learn is that at the same time, uh, employees would offer, uh, employees potentially would have many different opportunities. So perhaps being courted by many different employers. So when we also got to the end stages of the recruitment process, we learned that as well as, you know, we thought that perhaps the offer was the end of the process and we quite quickly realized the offer was just the start of the next phase. So what we've been doing is once we've made an offer, you know, typically people may have several months notice. We've been keeping in touch with those people over the time of their notice period so they can feel, they can see what's come in, they can feel part of our company even before they actually join us. I think that's so important, isn't it? You know, making sure that actually people get to understand the values, that they understand the journey and the opportunity that they're actually going to have in the company that they're joining. And I think that that's kind of quite fair for, you know, any business out there that actually is recruiting at the moment. It's making sure then that they are kind of getting, making them feel like they're part of the business before they've arrived. Yeah, absolutely. So we've really encouraged our hiring managers and their teams to try and, you know, to connect with people that are joining and talk to people that are joining before they start so that they can understand you know how it's going to feel they can see it they can imagine it i think the other big thing that we realized uh, alongside that on the recruitment process was we really needed to be much more agile um, we were too slow with our process there were too many approval points too many gates to get through um, which meant that we were losing talent um, not because that those people didn't want to join our business but we just weren't fast enough to get our offers out there so that, that you know because people wanted to go with a bird in the hand you know they've already been made an offer um, they would tend to go with that so what we've done um, most recently is we've we've given a lot more autonomy to our hiring managers and we've also tried to shorten the process so we want to be really quick from the point of knowing and needing uh, some talent in the business to the point of those people joining. We wanted to uh, half that the length of that time. 
And also during that process, if we found that perhaps our idea of the offer, our idea of the candidate, our idea of the experiences, we found there were other things out there that we didn't know, then we could quickly change and not have to go through a really long approval loop to then be able to make a different offer or attract someone with different skills. So I think then just, you know, rounding that off in terms of the the lovely listeners that we have on the podcast at the moment, there are kind of three areas that really stick out for me. You know, number one, you know, make sure that you are going out to market continuously, make sure that you are evangelizing what the business does and, you know, the reasons why you should work for that business. Number two, be agile with the recruitment process, you know, respond to market conditions. We know how quickly things are, are changing at the moment. And number three, bring that person into the business before they've even started working for you. Talk to them about the role, talk to them about the values of the business so they feel almost feel part of that that family before they've actually joined. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Sarah. And, you know, and I can tell you all out there that that is the way you'll differentiate yourselves from what is a very competitive market. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think moving then on, you know, once they've actually joined the business, you know, moving on to that professional development, how have things changed? And what what things have you seen over the past few years in terms of what do employees want out of a role? Well, one really interesting thing that I'm keen that we uh, progress with are onboarding interviews. So we're probably all very familiar with the idea of an exit interview to understand why an employee may want to leave a business, but we probably weren't too good at doing that when employees joined us. So I think what we try to do now is straight away as our our new employees join us, we talk to them about their reasons for joining and what they want to see in their career and perhaps making it a bit more real, perhaps just talking about the next three months, the next six months in terms of what they want to get out of it, how they want to feel at the end of those six months, what they have wanted to experience and where they see they're going to bring value into the company. And I think from my from my experience, it's then about having that ongoing dialogue, that ongoing conversation with your employees so they can still feel connected. Um, like me, when I actually joined Iris, many other people like me joined during COVID. So joined having never actually met anyone in person from the business. Now here we are today and with hybrid working it can often be many weeks in between people seeing their colleagues. So I think one thing to consider as a, as a, as a manager for, for people who are new to the organisation, they're not going to get the same networking opportunities as, as we used to in the past when we were all office based. So it's important to try and recreate that opportunity perhaps with team socials uh, done remotely or perhaps with opportunities to connect with other members of the team, perhaps in a location in the country that suits you both. Um, Or one thing that we're going to introduce are using our giving back days. We're going to look at having a couple of charities and a a calendar of events that will encourage all of our employees to sign up to and join into, which means then they've got an opportunity to to get together, to get to know each other, to socialise, but at the same time, you know, do something that's going to be worthwhile and giving back to a, a deserving cause. That sounds amazing. And yes, I'm certainly aware of the sorts of initiatives we have internally. I think for um, for our listeners, you know, we, we've talked about kind of, a, you know, some regular check-ins, making sure that people are okay from a well-being perspective. Are there any other kind of tips for our audience that, you know, you would give in terms of making sure that you keep on track of that professional development and continue to excite and infuse? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a really great example, actually. So for the first time... This year, in one part of my business, we decided to take on a number of graduates. So we brought in 24 graduates, um, you know, and we were really um, keen to make sure they felt part of the business. We had an academy programme for them. 
Uh, and I think the biggest thing that I learned from it is that their expectations before they joined the business were very different to the reality of being in work. And although I'm talking about graduates, I think that's probably true of many people when they accept a role, um, albeit you know, the, the fundamentals of the role are what they thought, when you actually join a new company, it's like joining a new family, um, you know, it can be quite different to what you expected. So one of the things we did with the graduates is we, we had regular check-ins where we gave them the opportunity to talk to someone outside of the leadership team so they felt they could be really open and honest about the things that they thought, yeah, that we've really enjoyed this, this has gone really well. But actually, we think if you're going to do this again, we'd do this differently, we'd do something else differently. And we, you know, we took on board that feedback and we all went back and we, you know, we were really thankful to them because, you know, in our in our view, you know, feedback is a gift. And we were grateful for that gift from that group of people. And I would advise you all out there that to to do to do the same, you know, to really get a true transparent view, because without that, you then will not be able to surface the things that are going really, really well that you want to continue to do, but the things that are not going so well that you might want to stop. I love that idea. You know, actually, it's keeping your feet on the ground, isn't it? You know, from from a perspective of a leader, and certainly, you know, with the the rate that businesses are growing at the moment, you know, it's just keeping your feet on the ground and doing that check in every once in a while, and getting that anecdotal feedback that really helps you understand and get to grips with what what the sense of feeling is. Yeah, it sounds really obvious and straightforward, mm. but it's one of those things that quite often we forget to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that also flows up into, you know, those soft skills of managers as well. We've, we talk we talk a lot about emotional intelligence um, as a technology business. But actually, you know, it is looking at those softer skills and making sure that we're mentoring, that we're coaching those managers to be able to kind of step up. Yeah, it's a really great point, actually. And the, 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 by doing that, it's also a great development opportunity for managers. And I would say not just for new managers, but for all of us, you know, even those of us that have been doing this for a long time. I think sometimes you can just forget the basics. And for me, it's all about communication, collaboration, uh, understanding and being emotionally intelligent are, are perhaps skills that uh, are, are not always the easiest to, to find, but are probably nowadays uh, one of the top skills that a manager would need. Yeah, absolutely. So, Seth, we've been talking a lot about the world of business owners and looking at how they recruit and so on. Obviously, technology has taken quite a turn over the last 10 years. We've seen a great deal of evolution. Where are your thoughts in terms of how technology is supporting managing directors today? Well, I think technology plays an incredibly important part now. Just thinking about the recruitment journey um, and finding talent, uh, often called applicant tracking. I think absolutely it's very difficult to do that without the modern technologies that we've got today. I think in the past, you know, many businesses were able to use perhaps personal networks, their brand awareness, but today it's very difficult to do that to actually then source and find what can often be quite difficult talent to find. I think also as well today, you're searching for talent and competing against so many other people looking for the same uh, types of people. So from our perspective, yeah, absolutely. We use technology as part of the end-to-end -end process, right the way from looking for talent in the first place. So many will know of the different social media platforms that are out there. I'm sure most of you have heard of LinkedIn and use LinkedIn, but we've decided to try and be a bit more creative perhaps and extend to Instagram, um, Facebook and I'd even say if you're trying to attract young talent into your organization just think what social media platforms do young talent look at 
well, TikTok, Snapchat, you know, so those are the mediums by which you need to be able to advertise and get to that talent. I heard a really great uh, example the other day of someone who was talking about recruitment and trying to be creative by actually going to those people in the market that he called passives. So these are people that are not actively looking for a new role. These are the people that you go to who you could convince or perhaps explain and show how a new role might be something that they might want. So they may be happily doing what they're doing and in their current role and not realize the opportunities that are out there. So we often miss a trick by only going to the talent that we know are actively looking for work. And technologies can really help you with trying to get to that passive group who perhaps aren't necessarily actively looking, but would be interested in the right role if it came up. So what I'd advise you all out there to do is to really make the best use of social media platforms. I'd advise you also to think about your own technology within your own HCM environment, that once you've attracted and found that talent then, how, how, do, you, how do you connect to that talent? How do you get them involved in your recruitment process? I think that it's quite important that you've got something that is pretty slick. I mean, again, you know, most people out there are used to that retail experience, you know, very simple, straightforward, easy to use technology to be able to show an interest, to upload a CV, to organize and manage interviews. And even nowadays where interviews are conducted generally remotely, something very quick and simple to be able to facilitate that process. I would say is an absolute must-have. It's table stakes as far as I'm concerned. Mm, definitely. And actually hitting the passives as well is a really interesting view because you're really building that relationship before anybody's almost starting to look for a job or somebody may be piqued, you may have piqued their interest. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to think of this as a sales process. So if you were thinking of your sales team, you know, they will be talking to all sorts of different companies and customers who may not be in the market for whatever it is that you're selling, but maybe in the future. So by making those connections, nurturing those opportunities, it's exactly the same when it comes to candidate attraction. So, you know, even if the person, the people you're speaking to, your company's not right for them today, or you don't have a role that's, that's right for them. I think if you're looking for people who you can see will fit well in your organization, display the right values and behaviours, then I think it's important to nurture those those candidates. And technology gives you an, a great opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to say the same thing in terms of nurturing as part of what we know is traditionally in that sales process before you start nudging. So we've talked about then the use of technology within the recruitment phase of bringing an employee on board. What happens next with technology on that onboarding? Because that's, you know, happens quite quickly, doesn't it? It needs to happen quickly in yeah. today's environment. Yeah, so I talked just a little bit earlier about being agile and, and that agile approach then continues right the way through that employee journey within your business so right from the point of engagement of offer acceptance the you know the traditional process in recruitment and it's really important that that's seamless as they come into your organization so everything from you know just uh, have they got a laptop a phone uh, you know pens and paper uh, probably a little bit old-fashioned these days but you know the way that 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 individual then is able to then become part of your business part of your business part of your employee community so I would suggest when you're considering technology, think about that step from the recruitment process into onboarding into your business to become a, a, a member of your employee community. 
and how you can do that seamlessly so that all of the information that they've probably already given you throughout the recruitment process, they're not then having to do all that again, that all that information is then taken and used then as part of that onboarding process. So that when those employees join, the real value added stuff of you know, networking with other colleagues, understanding what, where they fit in the business and being able to quickly and easily use your remote technology, if it's Teams or Zoom, to be able to quickly then uh, be part of your environment, I think really is important. And technology, again, offers a great way for you to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And actually underpinning all of that, you know, really what you're talking about is that almost that, that trusted source of the truth, isn't it? You know, if you're inputting your details in only once and they're flowing all the way through to your payroll, then actually it's a real beautiful benefit for me as an employee because it's a wonderful experience. But on the other side of it, we've also saved our colleagues time in recruitment in HR and in payroll. So all of that automation has actually joined together and integrated and that makes a huge difference in the in the in the back office as well yeah, no, ab- ab- absolutely right and if you think of the basics of ensuring that somebody's paid accurately and on time um you're going to have people joining your organization at all times in the month or all times in in your pay uh, cycle so again ensuring that the data and information is provided once I mean, you know, means that that can quickly then be uploaded into your payroll service, into your benefit solution, ensuring that holidays are available there to book some of the basics. Um, means then as well, if it's just done once, then you're removing that opportunity for inaccuracies uh, and delays within your business. And absolutely, then your employees that are in the HR and payroll uh, admin administration side of your business can focus on the value adds, which we talked about before, which is helping those employees connect and feel part of your part of your business, part of your world. Then of course they're there to help you grow. Absolutely. Then nicely brings us around back around to, you know, actually the the leading the business and actually growing it. So uh, and that's what you want to do, is that you want to be in that business, you you want to drive that business because it's it's the stuff that you are feeling really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, having spent a great amount of time and energy and bringing someone into your organization, then it's really important that they, they flourish, they grow, and that feeds then back into your business, achieving the, the ambitions that you've set for it. Yeah, absolutely. Steph, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you joining us on the podcast and we will hope to see you again soon. Thank you very much. It's absolutely been my pleasure, Sarah. Thank you.